welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Let's do this. All right, open your Bibles up if you would. We're going to be in Matthew 21 for just a little bit. Uh, If you're a visitor, yeah, we had a lot today. So welcome, but I promise you, I talk fast. Let's do this. Um, If you missed last week, you need to go and check out the podcast. Angie Perkins gave an incredible word an absolutely incredible word on, on the tabernacle and the different components of the tabernacle and that how we represent the tabernacle of the Lord. And actually, it was so powerful for me that I'm not getting off of that. Like, I felt so stirred in my heart that the Lord's going, there's something with this tabernacle dwelling place of God. There's something with this. Don't run away from it. Stay on this. This is what I'm doing. And really what I think it is, is I think the Lord is going, I want to purify my church. Amen? I want to purify my church. And so um, some things were stirred, and and this, this identity of God dwelling inside of us is just burning in me right now. Just burning in me. In fact, um, the word dwelling, the word dwelling is to live or stay as a permanent resident. To live or dwell in us as we resident. So here we have in scripture, all through scripture says, God wants to dwell in us as we dwell in him. And I like the word to stay as a permanent resident. Because I think we like to sometimes leave and then sometimes come back in. You guys know what I'm talking about? And here the Lord's going, I want to reside in you as a permanent resident. I love that. So, here's the deal. I would contend that the Word of God, we, it's love and grace and mercy. We talk about all those things, identity and all the things that we're passionate about. But I would contend that from Genesis to Revelation, what you'll see when you're working through this thing is it's the God of the universe desiring to dwell with His people no matter what. That's why when we sing Reckless Love, Right? I'll kick down every wall. I'll break down every lie. There's no mountain that's too high. There's no, there's no dark place that I can't light up to, to, to come after you. This is scripture for us, that the God of the universe desires to be with you. But there's some things that we have to do then in our heart then. So let me, let me, let me shake you real quick a little bit. <laughs> so, so I think in Psalm 127, what we see is that we, we have a mentality of how we're supposed to build our life, things that we want. The psalmist says in 120, physically, here's how a church should operate. This is how you do. And this is what the psalmist says in 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain. And I'm wondering if maybe the reason that you're seeing in America a decline in, in church uh, attendance or Christianity even, I'm wondering if that decline is because we're trying to build our own thing and it's in vanity. It's vain. It's not of God, but we're trying to do it. And he's saying, unless I build it, you're doing it in vain anyways. Look what else he says. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So there are activities that we can do that aren't going to lead to anything. It's just in vain. Now, we're always trying to build something in our life. We're, I, I think about Christy and I right now. She, she is locked into projects at, at our house, all right? And, and I've, I've told you this before. We kind of like those fixer-up-it shows, you know, and Chip and JoJo. Anybody? Come on now. Chip and JoJo. And so she is like jo- Joanne. I mean, she is JoJo. She's got creative ideas. I am no Chip, all right? Like, that is just not my skill set. I'm not chip. She's like, let's shiplap this wall. I'm like, I know we can buy wallpaper that looks like shiplap, right? And I can wallpaper all day long. Anybody out there? We don't need a shiplap. There's wallpaper that looks like it. So, 
so we're going like kind of back and forth. She's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I go, and I always say the same thing to her. Baby, this is not our forever home, right? This is not our forever away from people. And what I mean by that is my forever home is on land, right? Away from people. <laughs> like that's my forever home. That's where, that's where I want to get to. And, and the Lord's going, ah, but see, that's how you treat me. You, you treat me by building up all the things that you want in your life. You're doing your thing. You're trying to build your house or your stuff or your thing, and this is not your forever home. L listen to this. This is, this is a big deal. we got to work through this. In Matthew 21, we've been here a lot. I know you guys are going to be like, we're going to have this memorized by the time we're done. Matthew 21, here we are on the cusp of Easter. Jesus is riding in to Jerusalem. First place he stops is the temple. Okay, the crucifixion is just a, a week away. Jesus rides in. He stops at the temple, and here's what it says in verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple, and he drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. Listen. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. So Jesus is in there flipping tables. We've talked about that a lot. He's chasing out things, activity that was never supposed to be in his house. He's purifying the house. He's purifying the temple. Now, here's why this is so amazing. So Jesus is chasing all that stuff out, and it says in verse 13, he says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. So here they are trying to build this temple thing in their own way. They're not building it in, their, in, in the way the Lord wants them to. They're laboring in vain. They're not seeing any power of God in this time. Now, look, check this out. Ugh. Right after he chases all these people out, he flips tables, he purifies it, cleanses it. Look what happens in verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The power of God comes back in the temple when everything else that was not of him was chased out. And I, I believe that this is for our time and age today. We sit here and talk about where's the power of God? How come the church isn't rising up in the power of God? How come maybe you've been a Christian? There's some things that we're going to have to start chasing out. And I'm telling you in verse 14, it says the, the blind and the lame came into the temple and Jesus healed them. This is what they experienced in the book of Acts. Because they were radical on one thing and that was him. Now, look what else he says. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. All of a sudden, everybody in the temple is seeing the miraculous supernatural works that the church was always supposed to be. And all of a sudden, what's coming out now from the temple is praise. <laughs> is praise. Prayer, praise, thanksgiving. Right? My Bible talks a lot about that. Does yours? So people are praising him, and it said, do you hear what they're saying? So they're angry at Jesus. Do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? So all of a sudden, purity's happening back in the temple again. Jesus is reestablishing what should have been, and the supernatural works of God are coming back. I think this is where we're at today. I think this is what God's doing. I think shutdowns and things and all this blah, 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 blah that's been happening. Everybody say blah, 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 all right? All this stuff that's happening, I think the Lord's going, I'm purifying my church again. I'm cleaning out my house. I'm flipping tables. I'm getting ready to do something again. All that you've never seen before, just get ready and wait.
This is what's coming, and he's purging the house. How do I know this? I'm going to throw some stones at you today, but I'm going to lightly throw them, okay? So Haggai chapter 1 verse 4, the Lord's temple is in ruins, okay? And here's what it is. So they know that the presence of the Lord dwells in the temple. It's in ruins, and Haggai, the prophet, says, you're not doing something right. Listen to what he says. It's time for you yourselves. I'm sorry. He says, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? He's asking them a question. While the house, the Lord's house, lies in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He'll say that a couple times. You have sown much, harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have you fill, your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes in it. This, is, this sounds a little Americanish, right? Look, look what he says. Thus says the Lord, consider your way. Says it again. Go up to the hills, bring glorified. The house that God's going to take pleasure in and take glory in is not a house that you and I go, it's all about me. It's all about my stuff. It's all about what I want. It's about a house that glorifies him. Now hang on. And then he says, you looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord, because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld their dew, and the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, and the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. Now, I just want you to hear something. So because they decided to neglect the house of the Lord and do their own thing, build their own thing, establish them themselves as the pinnacle of everything, because of that, he says, I brought a drought that withholds from them, listen to what he says, the grain, the new wine, and the oil. In the Bible, in the New Testament especially, there is symbolism for grain, wine, and oil. The grain is the harvest. The wine is the worship and the presence going forth, and the oil is the Holy Spirit's anointing. And I believe that what he's saying is when you begin to clean out the house and purge it out of the things that's not supposed to be in there, I'm going to bring the harvest, I'm going to pour out, you guys are going to be pouring out worship to my name, and I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit's power down upon you. I just think that this is speaking to us today. I think there's something with this and something on this. I was talking with a few of our leaders, and man, this is where this culture, this youth culture, I feel like there's a shift, and they're going for him all out abandoned. One of our youth leaders was sharing with me. He says, our response to God's moving is cleaning out the chambers, purging out the chambers of our own temples of our heart that has corrupted us so that we can get back to our first love. So that we can get back to our first love. So Jesus comes and and, and brings salvation, but he doesn't bring salvation for salvation's sake. Listen to what I mean by that. He comes and he brings salvation. Praise the Lord. Thank you for salvation. For the wages of sin is death. We don't have to go to hell. For the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So he doesn't bring salvation just for salvation's sake. Again, it's salvation so that man and woman can dwell with God again. It's a dwelling issue. Listen to what I mean by that. He's purging the house so that we can dwell with him again. This is a big deal. David caught this revelation. Psalm 27.4, David says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life 
to gaze on his beauty and to seek him in his temple. So King David can have anything he wants. He's got wives. He's got possessions. He's got everything at his disposal. And here's what he says. The thing that I want is to gaze on the beauty of Jesus, which we, which we sing about a lot, right? We sing about the beauty of the Lord. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. If I can dwell in the house, I want to gaze upon the Lord and seek him. That is my whole mandate. And you've, me, you've made it about so many other things, Aaron. If you walk through history and scripture, this is God's heart. Like we can see it. I just want to talk dwelling real quick. I, I promise we'll fly through this. It's the Garden of Eden. He see God dwelling with man. It's in the garden. He creates the Garden of Eden. He establishes man. He breathes into them the breath of life. And we just sin walking with them in the cool of the day. We read it. Genesis 3.8. Adam and Eve have just sinned. Listen to what it says. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So here's God. He's walking in the same garden they're at. His presence is there. He's dwelling with them in the garden. But they had sinned. And so here's what happens. Man and his wife hid themselves. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Can I just tell you, that's a lame game of hide and go seek with the Lord. He knows where you're at. They're hiding because now where he wants to dwell with them, they've sinned. They're hiding from him. So here he is dwelling with them in the garden. Real quickly, let me go to the second one. The second place. So they get booted from the garden. It says in verse 23, therefore God sent them out of the garden of Eden to work the ground. He drove out the man. So away from his presence. So now all of a sudden where we find is that God and man are separated and so his God's on Mount Sinai. This is a, a holy mountain. It, you can, it shakes and there's thunder. There's lightning. There's all these things. It's a, considered a holy place. And we see Moses go up to Mount Sinai. It's where he gets his Ten Commandments from. And all of a sudden, the Mosaic Covenant is established. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 20. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, that would be a weird sight, right? Like that's, that's crazy. The people were afraid. They trembled and they stood far off. So here's God going, I want to dwell with my people, but we, 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 Jesus hasn't, been, hasn't come yet, so I'm here, they're there, and what we're doing is the same thing. We're standing far off. But I, he's going, I want to be with you. This is my heart in the garden uh, at Mount Sinai. Now all of a sudden God says, okay, you've got the Ten Commandments. Now you're mobile. He says, now I'm going to dwell. Build me a tabernacle. Build me a tabernacle. That's where I'm going to dwell is in the tabernacle, in the Ark of the Covenant. And so what we see, God's people are mobile. They're on the move now. And so God says, shows them how to build a tabernacle, tells them how to do it, tells them how to build the Ark of the Covenant. And what we find is God goes, I so long to be with you that you're going to have to build this tabernacle. And behind these curtains is the Holy of Holies. And my presence will be in there. And not everybody can come in there. Because I'm a holy God and I can't be around sin. But I want to be with you. It's my desire. So here's what we see in Exodus 25, 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. In Exodus 25, 22, there I will meet with you from above the mercy seat, talking about the Ark of the Covenant, from between the two cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant of the testimony, I will speak with you. God, 
always constantly desiring to be with his creation. So we go from Mount Sinai, we go to the dwelling, the tabernacle, and then God goes, ah, it's time. I'm stepping down, I'm coming. And he steps down incarnate in Jesus Christ. And he dwells among his people. God, God incarnate steps down in Jesus and says, I'm here. <laughs> and I'm about to establish something with you. And here's what Jesus, here's what scripture says about Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Hebrews 1 tells us the same thing. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe. Then there was a tabernacle. So here's God saying, okay, there was a garden, now there was a mountain, then there was a tabernacle with an ark, and now here I am in flesh in Jesus Christ. Amen? Oh, but he ain't done. He ain't done. God will have his possession. God will have his possession. And you and I are his possession. Amen? Listen to this, church. So we know what Jesus does. There's the crucifixion and the cross, and then there's the tomb, and then there's a stone rolled away. We're gonna get on this here in a couple weeks. And inside of that tomb, it's now empty. Jesus is alive, resurrected, and 50 days later, something happens called Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit is poured out. Now God's dwelling place is not in a garden, it's not in a mountain, it's not in a, in a, in a, in a box, in the, the Holy of Holies. Now God's dwelling place is inside you and I. He resides right here, and that should jack you up a little bit. That should cause you to go, this living God that shakes mountains, this living God where thunder resides, this living God when you touch the Ark of the Covenant, people died. This living God resides in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. That should jack you up. That should stir your hearts. That should do something inside of you. That this God would, from Genesis all the way to here, would say, this is what I always desired. To be back with you again. To dwell, not for a while, but forever. But he ain't done. One day that eastern sky, one day that eastern sky will crack open. And when that eastern sky cracks open and the Son of Man comes riding in all of his glory... When he comes riding in all of his glory, he says, and now I'm going to take you home forever and ever. Listen to what it says in Revelation. Oh, Revelation 21. Listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Oh, she has purified her heart. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling, the dwelling place of God is with, everybody say man, is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write these things down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I ain't done. And I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord God, the Almighty Lamb. Listen to this. And the city has no need of sun or moon or shine in it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. <laughs> By its light will the nations walk. 
and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no more night there. God's desire from Genesis to Revelation is to establish his dwelling place again forever and ever and ever in our hearts. And then one day forever and ever and ever in glory with him. And if that doesn't transform your heart, if you're like, man, that's good information, what's for lunch? I'm just saying, if that's the response, the God of the universe that shakes all things is living inside of me, man, I'm super hungry, it's time to flip some tables. If it doesn't start to stir something, it's time to chase out the den of robbers. If it doesn't cause activation in you to go, my whole life is changing, then maybe we need to go in and purify and cleanse the house of the Lord a little bit. This is it. I was telling last service, we can, I'm guilty of it. When I come in and I listen to a pastor share or, or whatever, I want a good teaching that's going to make me feel better. I get it. This should make us feel good. That a God, the God, the Almighty, Yahweh, the only God, that all people will bow their knee to one day says, I love you. And I will go through thousands of years of history. And I will get a dwelling place so that I can be among you. But my desire is really so that you know that I'm right here. I live here. I dwell here. Transformation. Amen transformation okay we guys well no let's just take some time we got time we got time you know you notice we finished a little early today I'm just saying man the Lord's doing something so here's the deal would you guys where you're at just sit seated right now will you extend your hands out I want to pray this prayer over you we we had a teaching in our life group. Nancy Tanton brought a good word, and she shared something out of Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I want you to receive this truth today, and I just want you to spend some time. The band is going to sing this song. You can get on your faces before the Lord if you desire. Turn, make your chair an altar. Go to the cross. Stand up. Worship. I don't, I don't care how you're activated in your hearts. But when you catch this revelation that God desires to dwell here, I pray something stirs in you. So I want you to receive this word out of Deuteronomy 30, 19. I pray this over us as a family here at Reliance, but even bigger. Wichita, Kansas, I pray this over the nations. I pray this over the world. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell, that you may dwell, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. My prayer is that this promised land has now become our spiritual site that one day we will be with him forever. And I pray that today you choose it. Today you dwell in it. Today you come to the realization that this house cleaning to do. We may have a few tables to turn over. I know that I do. But he will get his pure and spotless bride. So let's start today.
Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.